This is All Things Answers, a podcast from the technical support staff at PADT. Episode 105, catching up on some news going on in the ANSYS world. Greetings all, I'm Eric Miller, one of the owners at PDT and your host for this podcast. Here we are in February, hard to believe uh, we're into the second month of 2022. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but I was very excited about at uh, 222022 and I'll be even more excited for 222202. Yeah, I'm an engineer. But anyway, um, welcome to the podcast. Uh, this one's going to be a little bit different here. Um, we're, I'll, I'll explain why in a second, but uh, <clears throat> want to just thank everybody for, for attending and, and being part of these podcasts. Uh, you know, here we are coming up on two years in the pandemic, and uh, we hope that uh, this has been one of the little things that have helped you get through all of it uh, over the what's now been close to two years. Um, speaking of February and being warmer here, it's been cold around the country. So I hope, uh, those of you who are listening in other countries or in other parts of the U S have not had too bad of a, a winter. Um, <clears throat> our sales team was able to head out to Washington DC to attend the ANSYS sales kickoff. Um, every year ANSYS gets their sales team from around the world together. Um, virtually the last couple of years, this was a hybrid event. Mostly, uh, most, most people were virtual, but some were able to make it to Washington DC, um, to a very large uh, hotel with lots of good facilities and testing and all that stuff, um, going on. So it was a safe event and, uh, a great event. Uh, our sales team was able to meet with a lot of the sales and technical folks. This is, this is the best time of the year to do that. And, um, it was, it was good fun. I, I didn't go this year. Um, we sent instead Ted Harris, who's been on this podcast many, many times, as well as our new VP of sales, uh, Jim Sanford. So, um, he's going to be going to those things more often than I am these days. So, um, although I miss meeting all the technical stuff, uh, folks, I don't miss the travel. I don't miss the long meetings and I don't, I don't miss the cold weather that they usually hold it in. So, um, more power to them. But <clears throat> one thing I do want to mention is a little bit of a shout out to our sales team for winning an award for the most new business in 2021 for ANSYS channel partner. Um, and why that matters is new business means new customers, new people using ANSYS. And as evangelists and believers in this technology and the use of simulation to drive design, nothing is a better really measure of how well we're doing, getting more people on board than having a big year for new business. So I want to thank the sales team across the board, as well as the technical team who really help support these efforts uh, for making that happen. It's good stuff. Um, this episode's a little bit different. Uh, we had an interview scheduled uh, Friday afternoon, but uh, it turned out a bunch of people had meetings. Some customers are calling with some difficult technical support issues. Not a lot of people could make the meeting. We we're going to talk about 2022 R1, which was just released. And we realized actually that the few people that could show up that we had covered this quite a bit in the last podcast. So we decided, you know, why, why beat a dead horse? Um, we're going to cover some of the features in more detail. We talk about specific products. So we just went ahead and skipped the interview and sent everybody back to to uh, answering phone calls and emails. And uh, we're going to have a little bit of different uh, podcast here where I'm going to look at some uh, important things in the news uh, that, that I think are worth sharing and focusing on without an interview. And the first of those is that uh, you may have seen this, you may have not even paid attention to it, but it's kind of a big deal. 
Ansys is partnering with Amazon. And um, it's it's Ansys has been um, running Ansys Cloud with with various providers and especially with Ansys Azure for some time now. Well, now they have an offering with AWS, uh, Amazon Web Services, and it's called Ansys Gateway. And it's it's more than just oh you can run Ansys on Amazon, it's it's Ansys within the AWS environment. And if you use AWS, which we do a little bit at PADT, and we have customers that use it quite a bit, that means being part of a huge ecosystem of lots and lots of software tools. So yes, it's dedicated CAE hardware to run Ansys on HPC hardware designed to run the, our software quite well. Um, like, like everybody else is doing, which is great, but it's also about being uh, part of those stacks that AWS offers where you can get uh, access to all sorts of other software tools and integrate things. So, you know, you can read the press release. Um, hopefully we'll have somebody on once it's a little bit further along to talk about it in more detail. But my big takeaway is that there's three reasons why you should take a look at this new uh, ANSYS gateway, the AWS, ANSYS AWS gateway. <clears throat> One, if you want to build a customer-facing um, browser-based application that uses simulation behind the scenes, you should definitely check this out. So you've got all of the web hosting capabilities of AWS, all of the other tools for databases and and uh, login checking and uh, paying for things and all that infrastructure that's there that you know hundreds of thousands of uh, web-based applications use all the time that you can then put around your simulation-based application, customer-facing simulation-based application. The second, and I'm really excited about this, and it happened for some time, um, is one of the things that AWS has um, is really good machine learning, uh, artificial intelligence, and big what I prefer to call big data analytics tools. So there's all these stacks, all these tools that they bring to the table that people use to look at data. Well, in this case, we're creating we can create the data in Ansys and use it um, with the stack of tools that AWS has. So if you're an AWS user for these tools, you know what I'm talking about. This is kind of a big deal. And the last is really related, which is digital twins. So we all talk about digital twins. We all know the value of digital twins, the ability to create a digital mock-up that you and your customers can use to you know, do prediction, to do analytics, to do uh, improvements in the performance of your products. Um, doing it on the AWS platform, of course, you don't have to provide the, your hardware to your customers. But also, the customers have to provide their own hardware as well. It, it's a, it's a, it gives you access to all the other stuff that AWS got, that I've talked about that AWS has to build a better digital twin. So if you want your customers to be able to use simulation to monitor and run their equipment, um, they can leverage all the IoT stuff and all the other things that AWS already has to do that. So pretty exciting. This is new stuff. This is exciting stuff. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, yes... If you're an AWS user and you want to run HPC on AWS, or it's a better platform for you than, say, Azure or some of the other HPC uh, cloud platforms, go for it. That's, that's a given. This comes with this, uh, the ability to run HPC in the cloud using their hardware. But what it offers is everything else that AWS offers. And that's what's exciting. And uh, that's what you should check out if you're interested in that sort of thing. Um, do reach out if you are to your ANSYS support provider. And of course, uh, you can always reach out to us if you want more information on that as well. 
Okay, let's completely switch gears to optics and photonics. So uh, some of you may, may or may not know that uh, the University of Arizona has kind of been the number one or number two university for optics and photonics for many, many, many years. A lot of astronomy, a lot of uh, laser, a lot of uh, just optical optics type stuff, photonics and things like that. Um, and because of that, a, a very large uh, optics community and photonics community has grown up in Tucson around that. Many of them are PADT customers. We work with them not just for simulation, but lots of other things. Well, <clears throat> every year there's a big event before the uh, international uh, event in San Francisco for optics. And uh, it's called, the, the event here is called AZ Photonics Week. And so people from around the world on their way to San Francisco for Photonics West in San Francisco um, stop by in Phoenix uh, to see what's going on in what really is one of the top optical uh, locations in the world. And um, this is the fourth time I think that I've been able to go and I just learned so much. Really enjoyed it. Um, talked a little bit about PADT, but mostly I was there to learn. And I wanted to share a couple things with you folks uh, that are relevant to the ANSYS user community. And that's that optics are, have been and are more and more becoming part of other devices, right? So sensors are going into things. Um, we're using fiber to communicate more and more. We're using lasers to do different things. So um, the, the separation between uh, mechanical and electrical and optical is getting blurred. Uh, we're seeing more and more electro-optomechanical. I'm sure there's a better word for that, uh, devices out there. And we talked a lot about that over the three-day event and just saw example after example, whether it was in astronomy, a sensor um, to look at, to find uh, in the in the near-infrared, no, it was, near, it was the ultraviolet, um, looking for planets orbiting around other stars. Um, these new sensors are highly sensitive, and it's a multi-physics problem. It's not just optics. It's not just mechanical. It's not just electrical. It's all of them and electromagnetic. It's all of them all together and maybe even some fluid to keep it cool. Um, <clears throat> so three takeaways I had um, at the end of the event that I thought were relevant for the simulation community. Uh, and, and the first is really heat. Um, we're building smaller and more powerful uh, optomechanical, electro-optomechanical, whatever you want to call it, devices. Um, you just have to look at your phone to see how much camera they're packing into that phone. Well, heat has an impact on optics. It has an impact on photonics, right? If you've got fiber optics or lasers of any kind, <clears throat> they generate heat. They need to be kept cool. The sensors that, that measure light of various kinds need to be kept cool. So it's really, really important. And, um, you know, if your company is getting into this or already does this, you know, definitely simulations is playing a bigger, bigger role in that. <clears throat> Second is the need for multiphysics to get more accuracy uh, out of these assemblies, right? So because everything is getting smaller and more compact and more accurate, the sensors are getting more accurate, everything has to be more more accurate in general. And that means that vibration and thermal uh, disturbances <clears throat> screw everything up. So we as simulation people need to really work on doing a better job of building better systems that these optical devices sit inside of. And the third, and this is the one that I struggle with the most, because I still, I'll be honest with all of you, just between us, I still don't understand it, and that's quantum mechanics. <clears throat> so Tucson is heading up the quantum computing networking initiative. So people are building these quantum computers, which have their own mechanical design and thermal design and electrical design and optical design uh, issues, but they need to hook them together. 
and they're hooking them together using entanglement of photons going over fiber optic cables. And uh, maybe at some point we'll get somebody on the podcast just to talk about it because it's interesting, even if it's not directly related to simulation. But <clears throat> what I learned was the challenges they're facing are that these devices, including the networking devices, all run at extremely low temperatures uh, in the in the single digit Kelvin temperature. So that's not easy to do. You've got to use a lot of simulation to get that done right. Um, any bit of thermal noise or vibration noise throws everything off because remember you're, you're mo with quantum mechanics it's not a zero or a one right so you can't just say if it's above five volts or below five volts if it's below five it's you know, like, well, three or three and a half volts or whatever it is two and a half volts <clears throat> it's a zero if it's above two and a half volts it's one now you're measuring phases and and magnitudes and it's a it's a statistical thing, right? So, so any noise, noise throws everything off. It's not a one or a zero anymore. So you have to be really, really uh, accurate, and you have to have your thermal and structural uh, isolation working really, really well. On top of that, they're using very high-powered lasers and very accurate and, uh, I guess you would say, very precise frequency lasers. Again, simulation is going to play a huge role in this. We're just starting, just now trying to figure out how to do this. And um, we see a big need for simulation in that area. So if you're at all involved in this in quantum computing at all, um, we'd love to hear from you. And if you're not, check it out. Uh, it's kind of cool. And, and I think it's going to impact a lot. It's Is it going to be as big as fiber optics is today, you know, quantum networking as big as fiber optics, or if digital computing, uh, will, will, will quantum computing be as big as digital computing? Yeah, probably not, but there are applications. And, and I'll leave you this one thought before I move on. You can use quantum computers to solve linear algebra, which is what most of our solvers are. So I'm really keeping my eyes open for are there classes of simulation problems that can be solved faster using quantum computing than using our traditional methodologies now, our traditional solvers now. So keep your eyes and ears open for that. And let me know if you see anything. For today's commercial, I just want to do a short word on ANSYS Cloud. We kind of talked about it already. I want to drive the point home uh, because it plays a role in the whole AWS ANSYS partnership, but it's also something that everybody should be looking at. So, you know, just a question. Have you ass assessed your overflow and HPC needs? And ANSYS Cloud is here now. It's working. We use it. Our customers use it. We're really happy with it. Even if maybe you want to look at something, it's not quite where you want it to be. Maybe you want to look at this AWS solution. You can start using ANSYS Cloud today. Uh, you can get your feet wet and start building expertise on how to do it and what the ins and outs of it are and uh, figure out how to get things done faster and how to explore additional ANSYS capabilities in the cloud rather than having the software local. So um, check it out if you haven't already. Everybody should be having a good head around where, where ANSYS Cloud fits into their company. If you don't and you want to learn more, please reach out to us or whoever you get your ANSYS from, and we'd love to talk about it. Let's move on to ANSYS stock. Um, I thought about skipping this topic today um, because uh, if anybody does follow the stock market, they know that uh, it's it's not going well. Um, <laughs> it's it's been bad. It's been really bad. Um, so let's just let's just rip the bandaid off. <clears throat> so. If you remember, if you listened to the last podcast, in late December, near the end of the year, ANSYS hit some all-time highs. It was fantastic. Woohoo! Go ANSYS! Um, 
then then the market in general went down you know interest rates inflation uh, instability in in uh, russia ukraine uh, china you name it there's lots of reasons uh for the market to go down uh, supply chain etc cetera, etc cetera. so the market went down and so did hansis um like i said and 1227, they hit an all-time high of $411 a share, which is fantastic. Well, this past Friday, I'm recording this on Sunday, but on February the 4th, it closed at 327.79. Yeah, so it went from 411 to 327. And in fact, it actually dropped the whole, you know, 25%. It went from 411 to 309 um, uh, earlier in last week. So, you know, it could be worse. <laughs> so it went back up a little bit. Uh, Percentage-wise, since that peak of 1227, the S&P, just for comparison, is down, S&P 500 is down 6.5%, and ANSYS is down 205 So it's definitely um, doing more than the S&P as far as the downside. Um, if we look at the last 12 months, the S&P 500 is up 15.2%, and ANSYS is down about 13, about 14%, actually. So you can see that uh, it's, it's under performing the S&P 500 right now. And uh, as I, if you listen to this podcast, you know, I have no idea why, uh, opinions why, nothing. I don't understand it. That's just the way it is. Um, so just letting you know, that's where it is. Um, the next meeting about the uh, financial situation at ANSYS, their, their, what they call their investor meeting, um, is going to be on February 24th at 8.30. And they're going to go over all of 2021 and the fourth quarter. Um, and they'll talk about the future as well. And um, this is where they talk about how well they actually did, not what the stock market did. Um, I always recommend that any of you who make your living using ANSYS, this is the one you should listen to every year. You know, just take some time. It's one one hour, maybe about time, maybe 90 minutes sometimes. Um, just, just listen. You get to know what they care about, where they're going, what's important, what's not important. Um, it, it's it's a, where they're going to spend their money, which really impacts us as users. Um, so I highly recommend that uh, on the 24th, you cover you watch that and i will of course um uh, cover it once it comes out i'll listen to it and give you the summaries so that's that's ansys financials and stock we'll see see how they did for the year um in february february 24th ansys news wise um nothing new um they've been very quiet they haven't published anything actually of any value uh, in, that matters really um they're hunkered down um PADT also doesn't have any news to share we've been hunkered down i think beginning of the year just kind of strategizing and getting things ready ducks in a row i will point out again for PADT that we are hiring uh in the ansys world as well as uh in other parts of our company so if you are interested in a technical position or a sales position with PADT uh, do check out our PADT pdtinc.com website uh, click on the careers and you can see what we have posted right now we have sales positions for ansys uh, around the southwestern u.s enterprise as well as uh, just normal account management and then we've also looking for uh, engineers who know optics who know um HFSS, who know structural, we're, we're uh, actually hiring right now. Uh, for those of you that are interested, a Flonex person, so our thermal fluids engineer. So Miles has been uh, our, our lead guy. We have a couple of users as well, but Miles has been our lead application and pre-sales engineer and support engineer for that product. And we've grown our user base so much that we need that he finally needs help. So if that sort of thing interests you, system level thermal fluid modeling, uh, do reach out and, and apply for that job. 
Uh, we got we got a lot going on, uh, a lot of openings. And if you don't see an opening that fits you, just go ahead and apply to the gener generic one. Uh, you never know if it might spark our interest. So uh, a little plug there for working for PADT. Um, Ansys blog. Let's take a look at that. Uh, one one tool from Ansys that I that I really don't have a lot of exposure to is one called Medini, and it does safety simulation, which which is definitely not my area of expertise. Um, and I really found this blog post about how NXP is using Medini to look at the safety of the control systems they're designing, like they're a chip manufacturer, right? So, so they're providing the electronics for these battery charging systems and, 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 and engine management systems or electric motor management systems. So um, they use Medini to look at the safety of that. And it's called ANSYS Streamlines NXP Semiconductor BMS safety analysis. That's, I think that's battery module safety or something like that, or battery module system or something, BMS. Anyway, what they're really worried about is this thermal runaway that can happen when you're charging your car or you're, you're using energy quickly. Um, check it out. It's a, it's a great example of what, what Medini is and how you use Medini. Uh, really helped me understand it better. Also, if you watch the news and you you will remember a couple weeks ago, I can't remember exactly when it was. There was quite a kerfuffle out there in the news about aircraft refusing to land in the some U.S. airports because 5G towers had been turned on and planes were going to fall out of the sky. It was it was uh, Y2K all over again. It was going to rain, you know, death raining from the heavens. Um, <clears throat> well. Needless to say, that's not exactly what was going on. And the good news is, because you know HFSS is the tool that so many people use, both on the 5G side as well as to design these uh, sensors that these landing systems use that was there concerned about interference between the 5G bands and the similar bands that are used in the landing sensors. <clears throat> well, check out this article. It's written from a perspective of an engineer. It's not clickbait uh, about what's really going on with this and, and why, of course, simulation can be used to, to see whether it's dangerous or not. And if it is, you know, deal with it. And if not, um, what is safe and what's not? So it's uh, check that out. Uh, it's called 5G and Aircraft Safety, How Simulation Can Help to Ensure Passenger Safety. Uh, really enjoyed that. It was good. Share it with your friends too, because um, again, it's it's good information, real information. Um, and then the last one that I really like and recommend that everybody read is Predict the Future with ANSYS Twin Builder. Kind of the same thing if you're looking at things like Twin Building and AWS and all these cool things we can do now. Um, <clears throat> this has got some uh, great examples of people doing real work. I think it's a heat exchanger that they look at um, using Twin Builder uh, to, to help a customer understand and do predictive analytics on their product. So do check those blog articles out on the ANSYS blog. On the PDT blog, we actually have an article to share. Uh, Doug Otis returns from his long hiatus of writing. We always enjoy reading Doug's articles because they are funny as heck, um, as well as very useful. Um, for those that don't remember, Doug is one of our support engineers. He's actually a lead uh, manager of uh, one of our support teams for ANSYS. And uh, he's, been, he's been doing ANSYS support for longer than I think he wants to admit. And he knows more than he also, uh, he's too, too shy to admit. But he writes really good, useful, and humorous articles. And the latest one is called Hold My Beer, uh, Spatially Varying Materials and ANSYS Mechanical Made Easy. So if you want your material properties to vary spatially throughout your part, um, there's ways to do that. And um, he was challenged to make it simpler and easier. And so he uh, asked someone to hold his beer and he did that. And then he shared the results uh, with everybody out there. So check that out. It's useful, very useful article.
And then, um, and, and hopefully he'll do more of these Hold My Beer series where he's going to take a, a challenge that uh, a user presented to him of how to do something better and uh, figure out how to do it and share it with us. Then also the other article I want to point out is if 3D printing is of at all of interest to you. Uh, we got a lot of new 3D printers over the last six months or so here at PDT. <clears throat> and our very own Pam Waters, uh, went, Waterman actually, <laughs> went through and took some really cool pictures and shared some amazing uh builds that we did using some of these new technologies, you know, full color, very smooth surface finish, new, stronger materials, uh, intricate assemblies, really neat stuff. So if you haven't checked that out, uh, do so on our blog. And it's called New Year, New Cool Parts, printed at PADT. And then as always, Miles is out there cranking away with Flonex usage posts. So every week he does another tip and a hint on how to use uh, Flonex more efficiently. And he's got a couple more that he put up since the last time we talked. And that's it for our blog. Event-wise, we've got a webinar coming up, Simulation Best Practices for Heat Exchanger Design and Development. It's a webinar that we're doing on the 16th of February from 11 to 12 Arizona time. And as always, you can go to our website and go to the event page to check that out, or you can go to brighttalk.com and register directly there. And this will be a really interesting one if you're all involved in heat, uh, heat exchangers. And uh, if you're here in Arizona, we would love to invite you to an Arizona Technology Council After Five Tech Mixer. This is just a, basically a pizza party. Uh, we're not showing anything off. We don't have any demos or speeches or anything like that. It's just a, a tech mixer. It'll probably be in our parking lot because of COVID uh, rather than inside. But uh, everybody who's a member of the Tech Council or a non-member of the Tech Council is invited. It's a great way to meet people in the tech community. And that's going to be from 530 to 730 on the 24th of February. So we would love to see you there. Um, we'll have uh, some cool stuff to show uh, and talk about, but mostly it's just about meeting people. So if you're around, check that out. And that's it. That's all I got on the calendar. I want to thank everybody for once again listening to our podcast. Please do tell other people about it. Please do subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter at www.padtinc.com slash opt-in so you get all sorts of answers and PADT news in your inbox. And do spread the word. And as always, don't hesitate to reach out. Thank you for joining us for the All Things ANSYS podcast, episode 105. As a reminder, this podcast is not affiliated in any way with ANSYS, Inc., and the opinions expressed are those of the people on the show only and not of their current or former employers. For more information, visit www.padtinc.com slash blog, and please share your thoughts and questions through an email to podcast at padtinc.com. See you next time.